Welcome to Pretty Sketchy Podcast. I am Corey, and as always, with me is uh, acclaimed author and Nicholas Cage's stunt double, Michael Marshman. <laughs> How you doing, man? Hi. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I got to confess, Michael came up with that one. There you go. There's a little bit of the mystery gone. You know, I was struggling, and that's what buddies do, man. They come through for each other, you know, when you can't come up with a cool intro. Um, well, to be fair, I did think of it on the spot as well. That's so. pretty good. That's pretty good. I got to. I got to admit it. You know what? It sounds. It sounds like something I would have come up with. So I'm. I'm impressed. <laughs> uh, okay. So first things first. Uh, a bit of housekeeping. Um, what are we doing here? Okay. So generally, um, <laughs> very little. <laughs> but uh, the concept of the show is Michael wrote a comic book. I'm illustrating that comic book. Um, and uh, you guys get to see the process as it happens and how probably not to make a comic book. So, um, yeah, getting into that, I'm looking at, I'm revisiting um, page two. One of, the, one of the topics I wanted to talk about today um, is uh, artistic growth. And one thing I've discovered from actually taking on this project is that um, putting in the work that I'm putting in, which honestly isn't nearly enough, I need to get my ass into gear, but the little work I have done on this project. Um, has led me to improve, at least I believe, um, in a really short term. And the issue with that, obviously, is um, <laughs> sometimes you got to go back and patch a few holes. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I think what the problem was, I think I think what's happening now is I've, I've sort of found my flow a little bit better. I've got a standard to which I want to work to. Whereas before, I was so encumbered by all of the processes involved in doing a comic book. Cause as, as some of you know, this is the first comic book I've ever worked on. Uh, it's the first comic book Michael's written. Um, and so it's a, it's a massive learning process and, you know, hopefully some of these little um, roadblocks and, 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 and issues that we come across may help people who, who want to watch this, you know, um, to prevent the same sort of pitfalls from, you know, uh, happening to them. Um, but essentially what was happening was I wasn't drawing up to my, standard um in in the first few pages just simply because i was just worried about too many other things i was trying to sort of figure out how how everyone else works and um and you know i was worrying about things in advance i shouldn't have really been worried about even though they're important like things like inking and things like that um you know and and worrying about my pencils and how what later on when i'm going to ink them how they're going to work and, and all that sort of stuff instead of just drawing um to my highest level and, and again, I mean, there's still, there's still work to be done. Like, uh, I think the biggest thing that I, I'm struggling with presently is come up with really dynamic, you know, camera angles, so to speak, and, and things like that. Like, I often default back to very simple things. I'm a bit of a Kevin Smith as, as a director. <laughs> um, uh, no offense, Kev, you know it's true. Um, so, you know, but I've been, I've been working on focusing on bringing my drawing up to the standard that at least I'm happy with, as opposed to just settling um, cause I'm just trying to get things done quickly or done a certain way. Um, so, you know, as, as an example of that, I've got right here, um, an example of what I came up with for page two initially. And to be honest with you, the pencils actually looked a lot better than this. When I went to ink it, I just totally fucked it up. Um, cause again, I was, I was trying to, it, it was, I, I think in the back of my mind, I knew this wasn't going to be a finished page. So I just sort of whipped out a brush and just had a crack at putting ink down and um 
and I made many, many mistakes and oversimplified it. And, you know, it's not anywhere near it to a level that I would, you know, want to release. But um, as you can see here, I mean, just simply just looking at this, um, again, I was so fixated with just getting the panel done. I wasn't putting any thought into the, the you know, the future canon of the location. Like, for example, in this, this is... Um, uh, the very first panel on page two is is uh, young Nissa sitting in the garden with her grandpa and they're obviously having a conversation. And I just thought, okay, well, let's go with a simplistic background and, and all that. But it was just oversimplified. Like basically this now strikes canon for um, what the rest of the book's interpretation of what grandpa's garden is going to be. And I mean, if he's, if that's a key facet of his personality, it's not going to be something this simple. You know what I mean? And I wasn't, spending enough time really contemplating the gravity of that and what that would look like. Um, and, and I was just coming up with really simple options. You know, it's very, very bland. You can see like there's, there's a little bit more work done in the background of the bottom panel here. But again, this is something I'm going to have to have a think about and completely reinterpret uh, because having put this down, like this is the pictures of Nissa flying uh, and you, you only see her silhouettes, um, in, in shadow form on the, on the ground, they don't look like shadows because there's nothing distorting them. You know, it's just flat, um, essentially just black silhouettes, you know? So I've got to come up with something better to put there to make that sort of more creative and a little bit more obvious about their shadows. Um, which is going to be a challenge for today. I've got to try and figure that out on the fly, <laughs> which is exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and I think part of it too is doing it through the podcast is, is, is makes it a bit trickier too, because I'm focusing on running a show and also, um, you know, putting down my best work at the same time. Um, but to <laughs> compare like the frames, like you can, it's pretty clear to see, um, you know, like for example, the garden here, um, first of all, I used perspective and actually drew it correctly. Um, and it's got depth now she's further back in the background, but she's still featured centrally in, in the panel. Um, I feel like if you look even just simple things like the attitude of grandpa in the pose there, um, in this one, he just looks like he's standing up straight and turning his head back. This one, it feels like the position of his head is dictating the position of his shoulders. And he's got a bit of a lean as he's sort of turning around. And it also, it seems to add a little bit of weight to, to his age as well. Like here, he seems almost strong and stoic, which I'm sure he is, but this one, you can see a little bit of age because he's, his neck's kind of a little bit sort of cricked to the side, his shoulders pulling up, you know. It, it looks more like an older gentleman turning around to look 180 degrees behind him, you know. Um, and it's just one of those things where it's... Like, this would have been fine had I not really looked, thought about it too much. Um, but this is definitely a lot better. Um, and it's much a better characterization. It's a better posture. Um you know, and, and as long as I don't fuck it up when I'm making it this time, um, this would be uh, like much better. And just little things too, like just dumb things. Like I, first thing I thought of when I, you know, I think gardening is a spade, you know, like a little hand spade. But I feel like it's like I, I changed it to some, some garden shears that kind of look a bit edgy. You know, they're kind of sharp, almost look like Japanese swords as opposed to just, you know, something you'd buy from Big W to prune your roses. Um and the reason for that is I feel like that's more indicative of intricate work that he would be doing as opposed to just a spade digging holes and putting pot plants in, you know? Mm. Um, and these are the kind of things that 
you don't really think about it. even just putting his hair in a ponytail. I like that a lot better as well. It just, um, just a little bit cooler, you know? Um, and these are the kind of things when, when you play around with them and stuff like that, um, you, you just sort of come up with better decisions, you know? Um, the other thing I did, which is again, this is a massive rookie mistake. So if you're playing at home, if you're interested in doing a comic book, um, uh, something like this, let me just go back to the main one there. This is the kind of thing you should do before you even put pen pencil to paper um, is like a character study. And again, even this is, this isn't enough. You know, I should have like 15 different pictures of each of these, but I just wanted a point of reference so that every time I draw a frame, what I discovered I was doing is I was making up stuff as I was going along to suit the picture, you know, like I'd be, and, and then I'd have to sort of think about what I have to go back and change in the previous ones because I didn't have a solid impression in my mind about what, the characters costumes would look like how tall they were all that sort of stuff so i did this as a bit of a reference um i changed a few things and and this is the the raw pencils but i digitally manipulated it a little bit more so i've got a better reference than this but um you know so you've got out of the first four pages this is essentially what you've got to look at you've got nisa as an adult who's the main character of the book grandpa who she's talking to early on um gaining her knowledge and stuff like that nisa at age seven here who's the one sitting on the rock in this picture but see already, you know, like it, this dictated the costuming for that, like what she looked like, how her hair sits, you know, I have a tendency to draw pigtails and stuff a lot bigger. Um, and I felt like it didn't fit her, her look overall. So if, you know, I would have been like, you can even see it here. Look, these pigtails here are big and puffy when I shouldn't be. I've got to fix that. This is the kind of thing you need to, by doing a character study and getting used to how they look, it dictates the rest of the work. And, and it was a massive mistake on my part. Uh, in fact, it was kind of hubris, I guess. I figured, you know, I'm, I'm good enough. I can, I can figure it out as I go along. It's not the case. You've you got to get in and do your homework before you start. You know, if yeah. you look on any comic artist who's selling stuff, um, you know, like pencils and, you know, things, there's always a page of, you know, character studies, you know what I mean, where they're just trying out different looks of their characters and stuff like that. In fact, sometimes they even put it in the books. Like when you buy a trade, there'll be a couple of pages of like concept art and stuff like that that they did before they even started. And... Um, my, my biggest problem is I wasn't making the time for this stuff, you know, because time is pretty precious to me and it's, it's hard to get a hold of. But um, it really cost me more time by not doing this first, you know. So that's something to, to think about if you're sort of getting into this sort of kind of work, you know. Um, and I can't stress that enough. Do your groundwork first, you know. <clears throat> um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, It's the same thing with writing as mm -hmm. well, um, especially with this story like i found that i i need to build this world before i tell the story yep you yep. know and, and I'm, I'm still like in my head i'm fiddling with some things but like yeah. <laughs> while you were talking i was like in my head just fiddling with things in the story <laughs> not, that I, not that i wasn't listening but you know yeah, like, yeah. Uh, there's like little tweaks and stuff i'm making to make it a bit more solid yeah. um not to toot my own horn or anything but i think straight off the bat it was already pretty solid like i had mm -hmm. a very good idea of what it was and where it was going yeah <clears throat> like i knew who nissa was the type of person she is and where she's going to go mm -hmm. but yeah like you know like you said you need that solid foundation to build on otherwise it's just going to crumble yeah and, and not only that like you can you can sit there like i could have drawn the whole comic without doing it right mm. um but it 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 wouldn't have been as good as if I had done the work first, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you yeah. can write a story. No one's denying that. But if you put in the hard work first, you'll you'll find details and stuff in it that you probably wouldn't have thought of before. And, um, you know, you make connections that you wouldn't have thought of if you were just riffing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> and um, it's the same. You're, you're right. It's the same with any creative pursuit, you know, um, painting, music, even writing songs and stuff like that. You know, like if you sit down and come up with what you want to write about first, it's always going to be a little bit more... Uh, have a little bit more depth than a song that you just mumble some lyrics and then rewrite them into <laughs> lines that rhyme, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. But everybody's got a process, you know. I'm just discovering mine. And, and that's, um, that's it's actually kind of cool. This is something, yeah. you know, if you don't learn from your mistakes, then you're doomed to keep repeating them, you know? So yeah. hopefully I'll remember next time to, to do all the work first. Mm. Um, yeah. So I've got this thing. I've got this panel I've got to start now, which is the one with the you know the sidewalk and all that sort of stuff and i'm just trying to figure out how to re-envision that um to be a little bit more creative um well it's meant to be fairly ambiguous anyway yeah so. you don't want to see her fly that's the that's the point of this yeah. she's got a you, yeah. you, there's the big flying reveal later on um yeah. like you know she's flying but you don't want to actually see it because it's giving it yeah. away too soon yeah exactly so yeah but i'll 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 figure something out <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway just uh recently you uh let me in on an awesome little secret here. This uh, Constantine Hellblazer um, shoot. Do you want to tell us the story about um, what happened with this originally? Um, okay. Uh, Warren Ellis, who was doing the run back, shit, that was like 90s, I believe. Yeah, it's definitely early, 90s early style enough. art. Um, yeah, he, he was doing the run for a little while and he wrote a story called Shoot. Um, I won't exactly say what it is right now, but basically he wrote it. Um, it was submitted for approval. Everything was all fine and dandy. And then DC suddenly went, we're not publishing this. Um, there's no way in hell we're going to publish this. Um, it's just too controversial and it'll probably stir up a whole heap of trouble we don't need, mm. which caused Warren Ellis to just be like, nah, I'm out. I'm quitting hellblazer like mm. go fuck yourself um <laughs> yeah and i mean it it did get released oh god when did vertigo resurrected happen i think it was like 2006 i want to say yeah i could i could be way off the mark <laughs> but i'm just um, having a look at the publishing dates in the front actually um it's a bit ambiguous it says originally published in single magazine form in hellblazer 144 to 45 244 Five to two forty-six and two fifty, uh, and Vertigo resurrected. So the dates are two thousand, two thousand eight, two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. But it doesn't say which is the date for which thing. I'm assuming resurrected would have been two thousand ten, right? Ten. Yep. Yeah. Two thousand ten. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it didn't come out until then, two thousand ten. Um, I read it fairly recently. I think it was like late last year, because mm. I've been getting the Hellblazer trades. Um, like these big, thick motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely loving it. And then I read Shoot and it just, it stunned me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely stunned me. Um, I was just like, holy shit, that was so fucking intense. Especially like that climax when John's sort of berating the woman mm. in front of him. And just the whole message of it. And it just, I don't know, it really resonated with me and just sort of made me go, holy shit. Mm. You know, this is, <laughs> this, this is fucked. But yeah, funnily enough, like being a Hellblazer story, you'd think it'd involve 
like occult <laughs> machinations or like something mm. supernatural, but no, it's not. It's mm. completely like, you know, realistic and I mean, apart from the fact that John manages to jump to different places yeah. a lot. But other <laughs> than that, it's it's set very much in reality and it, it sends a message of a very frustrated writer, it feels like. Yep. I mean, it's it's obviously Warren speaking through Constantine directly, but you know, yeah, it it's <laughs> it was just very one of the more powerful books I've read. Yeah, it, I, it, I mean, it all comes down to that last panel, you know. But, yeah. Um, it's uh, you can see you can see the like why it was controversial at the time, mm. um, and you're right. It is it is a very simple story, you know. Like it's it's just a. Uh, um, it's it's more about base instincts as opposed to, you know, somebody you know messing with people or you know some sort of malevolent force or anything like that. It's just the nature of the world as it was at the time, you know. Yeah, which is I mean, way, it still kind of is. Way, it's way scarier, you know. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, when it's that, when it's the big bad creature, it's like, you know, it is what it is. It's like supernatural, you know, um, mm. the monster of the week kind of thing. But then when it's like something like this where it's just human nature that's way more terrifying you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so yeah thanks for thanks for putting this in my hands man i really appreciated it plus as an added bonus <laughs> we need a theme song for the sean murphy appreciation dick sucking hour <laughs> um a big chunk of this trade this is it's just hellblazer shoot right it's not i haven't got a sequential number or anything um there's a there's a big uh story in here um with Sean Murphy. Um, <laughs> and it's so fucking punk rock. I love it so much. It's about um, uh, Constantine's band back in the day was called the, was called Mucus Membrane. And they, they toured a little bit and they were shitty and everyone hated them, but they had a bit of a following and stuff. Um, but they did some underground gig at like a wrecking yard kind of building in a wrecking yard and some people were murdered and stuff like that and everyone was arrested and Constantine got off of completing insanity and stuff. This is back in his youth, you know. Um, and uh, these crew of punk rock documentarians decided to head out there and, and you know, just get some some of the story, you know, find out about the band. It's like there's they're something of legend, you know, and uh, they're one of those bands that sort of, they never released an album or anything like that, but they're just talked about in harsh tones by people who were there, you know. And so they want a piece of that. So they go out there and they do this, try to do the shitty documentary, but um, the evil of the place just fucks with them and they end up just, <laughs> just really suffering <laughs> because of it. <laughs> no one ends up coming out of this unscathed, you know. And Constantine shows up to try and shut it down because he realizes what's going on or whatever and ends up, it's, it's just too late. So he just basically stands back and lets it happen and, you know, works out his little deal, you know, and, and just walks out of there and just locks the place up. <laughs> yeah, um, but, that, that sounds like him. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, uh, I could have done something if I'd have known earlier, but you're all yeah. fucked now, so I might as well just wait it out, you know? Um, but I just love, I love these little throwback sort of interview footage bits that he did in here where it's clearly Henry Rollins, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, again, like nobody's more qualified to draw this story than Sean Murphy because it's just I mean this is this could have been pulled straight out of Punk Rock yeah. Jesus you know yeah it, it screams him yeah yeah and that that sort of New Yorker fucking attitude you know um speak of the devil he just tweeted yeah alright 
Um, but anyway, that's that's enough. That's enough. Oh, the other one I pulled out today just to have a look at is um, I never talked about it on the podcast before. I, I collect Tank Girl, and I'm not overly sold on the story. It's not something that's like, you know, they're, they're funny little puffy like storylines and shit with a few jokes here and there and stuff. But what I can't get over is the art style. It's just so fundamentally Saturday morning cartoon. You know, like it's just it's it it couldn't be more perfect, and it and it it couldn't be a more perfect style to suit the subject matter as well. Mm. That's an Australian comic, isn't it? Uh, that's a real good question. I'm pretty sure it is. I think originally wasn't it the guy who? Um, let's have a look. See, I always thought it was uh, oh. English. In, in we had we had dead air for a second then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I can't do two things at once, man. I was thinking. <laughs> um, yeah, Jamie Hewlett um, came up with the character Alan and Alan Martin. So half of the gorillas. Um, right. <laughs> so that's why the art style is what it is. These this is obviously different artists, but they're sort of, I guess, either chosen for their style or taking their cues from that style. Um, uh but um it's crass and it's dirty and it's this and that but it's just and it does have weighty <clears throat> moments i'm not gonna lie there's it's 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 tough because tank girl doesn't take anything seriously that's part of her charm she's it's like she's pathologically incapable of um of taking anything seriously mm. you know um and so that's that's where the the fun comes from but um, yeah, it's just I don't know. There's just something about the inking and the you know even even just the the general drawing in general um, that just I'm just taken with. So as much like if 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 the art wasn't great, I probably would have stopped reading it after issue two. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but for some reason I just can't take it off my pull list, you know. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, I better actually start doing some drawing. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, what about? You wanted to talk about Ghost in the Shell. Well, it was something that popped up. Mm-hmm. I think the trailer dropped yesterday or the day before. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Second trailer. Oh, um, okay. I, I just, I think it looks pretty legit. Like when, when it first got announced and stuff and there were promo images, I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. First trailer came out and I was like, yeah, it looks pretty good. Second trailer, I'm like, all right, I'm in. Let's, <laughs> let's see what happens. But yeah, no, it, it looks pretty good. Um, it's very. I mean, hopefully, it just it breaks that trend mm-hmm. of Hollywood fucking up a- Asian adaptations. Oh, not even just Asian, <laughs> just, just like other, you Me- know, mediums. Yeah, like they they just have this nasty habit of doing it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I am holding out a bit of hope, not. I'm not fully invested in it, but <laughs> I'll, I'll be glad if I walk out of that movie going, yeah, I enjoyed it. So yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with metering your expectations a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah, especially after years and years of <laughs> constant disappointment. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, like visually, it just looks fucking stunning. What like, do you think of uh, Scarlet Yo? I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't crucify me i crucify me i'm a white man and, you know, <laughs> the whole whitewashing thing yeah um 
But well, to be honest with you, I, I feel like I feel like there would have been a vocal minority of people who are who are really concerned about that. But I think anybody's going to go in and watch it and just be like, fair enough. Like, um, yeah, you know, there's there's plenty of um, it's it's Hollywood doing Hollywood's thing, and there's plenty of um, you know traditional like Asian cinema versions of these movies and stuff like that that are there for if people want to watch them. You know. Um, that, and, and uh, the- well, not, not just that, but like um, the the major's character isn't strictly Japanese. Yeah, yeah. Like she she's a cyborg. Like you don't even know what she was like, or even if she was a she before she got transferred into this body. Yeah. Like it, it it's a very rough subject because you can make arguments for both sides. Yeah, but no, that's that's right, that's right. But the, to, the fact to me, is, like, we're stuck with this one. So, yeah. is it something we can deal with, or is it not? You know. Yeah, but you know, we'll we'll see how it how it goes. And yeah, I'd be, I'd be real interested to see how much it matches the tone of the original. You know. Yeah, yeah. It it seems to be getting there, as far as I can tell. Mm. Um, the the biggest concern I would have is the plot itself. Yeah. Because Ghost in the Shell's plots are very twisty, turny. Very. There's a lot of layers to them. They, they, they're very deep philosophical sort of movies and mm-hmm. shows, but my yeah, my biggest concern would be uh, a Hollywood plot. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Um, and based on that second trailer, it looks like we might be getting a Hollywood plot. So okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, Don't I mean, they, those, those, walk out. a lot of those anime films, like the actual cinematic ones, are very philosophical. You're right; they're very, um, almost like experimental and art house. Mm. You know, um, I mean, at least by Western standards, you never know. They like it could be a cultural thing. Um, yeah, but to us, like that, you know, particularly things like Akira. Like Akira doesn't make a fucking lick of sense. You know, <laughs> and and they they tried to bring out a director's edition or whatever director's cut thing that sort of, um was supposed to help <laughs> and it really yeah. didn't you know but it's there's no denying it's a beautiful thing to watch and and i mean i still count it as one of the, the most um i won't say influential but one of the most awe-inspiring films i've, I've seen you know because mm. to me I, the first time i saw it i lost my mind and it didn't matter <laughs> what it was about or what they were talking about or anything like that just it was just visual visually stunning you know mm. um and uh and that's all i needed you know so yeah. yeah i think i think the japanese with their anime a lot of their stuff tends to go very 2001 you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah that's right that yeah trippy sort of like yeah. I've, I've watched like a decent amount of anime and animated movies and the vast majority of them just end up going like they could start in the most grounded storyline ever and just end up being this cosmic fucking battle with a god you know yeah 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 but, yeah. <laughs> you never know quite where it's headed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that's the beauty of it, man. Like that's the thing. Like you, you know, there's no point making. I mean, don't get me wrong. They have they have done this, and and they're always quite beautiful. But I don't see the point in making an anime movie or something that you could make live action. You know, mm. so you want that bizarre challenge to, you know, uh, what is what is the standard filmmaking? You know. Um try and get something different and unique because of the medium. And, and I yeah. think that's, that's the beauty. You know, you can't, I mean, they can do anything with special effects now, 
Mm. Um, you know, that's that's why we've got like live action films like um, Pacific Rim. <laughs> you know, yeah, you can yeah. have giant kaiju fighting robots, um, and it yeah. looks reasonable. I mean, mm. it still looks like a giant cartoon, really. It's just live action, but I mean, yeah. without having anime to go before that, they never would would have even attempted something like that because they it just, mm. they wouldn't have been able to envision it. You know, yeah, um, yeah, but it's. Um, you know, time will tell with this one. I think we'll see how it yeah. goes. You know, but you know, I'm excited. Mm. I'll I'll go watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Just trying to think. Is there anything else that's coming out animated? I don't think there is. Um. I mean, there's always stuff that's animated that's coming out, but anything of note. Um. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> 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 getting into the next topic um so every every time we've spoken spoken about this before but every time we're about to do a podcast michael and i sort of just riff some ideas about what we're going to talk about because we've got to fill an hour of inane dialogue um yeah. and you guys aren't helping yeah god damn it we we put the call out there and all we got was stuff about dicks but anyway <laughs> that's more on that later yeah more on that later <laughs> although you know what to be honest i'm not entirely surprised <laughs> um but anyway, so we're doing our pre-meeting thing that we do. And I'm like, oh, I know. I'll get on Reddit and I'll go to our movies and see what if there's any trailers we forgot we might want to talk about or whatever. And I'll go to our comics. And you fuckers are disturbing. <laughs> I went to our comics. Let me find I, I screen capped it. Hang on. This is what you get when you go to our comics and... Um, and just like, you know, because I just, I just went into Reddit search type comics. So the first thing that comes up, obviously, is R Comics, which is brilliant. It's got like a half a million subscribers. That's really cool. Then you've got Rule 34 Comics, which is like anything that the filthy thing you can possibly think of has already been thought of. And that's Rule 34, right? So there's going to be all these comic references of just filthy shit, right? Basically, Rule 34 is if it exists, there's porn of it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then the next thing down is not safe for work comics, right? So adult related comics, comics, 18 story. So I'm assuming that's 18 plus and uh, I can't click on, um, Fujinari comics, comics, underscore sex, crappy design. <laughs> I don't know how that got in there. Um, sex underscore comics. And then you get to our Marvel. <laughs> 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 like DC is not even on the list yet, you know? Um, then you got Overwatch comics, which makes sense. Batman comics, Western sex comics, Western underscore sex underscore comics. Like <laughs> the top four things should be, you know, like your Marvel, your DC image, whatever, like even Vertigo. And then after like, you know, something comes up like comics underscore Batman, comics underscore Superman. But no, we got like <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six seven out of the top sort of maybe 12 um uh subreddits that pop up when you type in comics is porn related (laughs) the fuck people oh god that's that's the internet in a nutshell anyway moving on from that um so last week we asked i think for the first time or last podcast we asked for the first time you know help us generate some content we have no fucking clue what to talk about every week and you guys are there doing nothing, fucking getting this shit for free. So fucking pull your weight, right? So <laughs> just be dismissive of the audience's role in this whole thing. Um, yeah, completely. Yeah. And um, 
And so we put the call out there. We got, I think, two responses. One was, what was it? Um, why did my penis stop growing after the age of three? And I want a detailed analysis. <laughs> and then the other one was, how come superheroes don't get boners? Now, I've done some research. <laughs> because, look, never let it be said I'm not a man of the people, right? You know, give the people what they want. Here I have, uh, hang on, where is it? There. Well, I can... I can give an answer to the to Colin's question, which is why did his penis stop growing? Uh huh. It's actually a clitoris. He has a vagina. Fair enough. They, see, that's science, people. That's science. We did the math, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That, see, that would be something to see, though. Maybe we could put that on the podcast. We'd probably get more viewers. Uh, <laughs> so, in you know, in doing my part for the uh, the betterment of the podcast, I, I came up with a slideshow here of some shit so let's just run through this we got let's see um all right so adam west and uh catwoman's butt there you can't tell me adam west wasn't thinking about catwoman's leather bound butt next frame gotham gazette's headline batman's greatest boner see like if that's not something that you know you know what if <laughs> superman got a boner that's velociraptor he's like he's he's you know pulling out the tough questions because you know we all want to know secretly Oh, here we go. Uh, a frame from a 50s comic says Superman's super bonus. And it says, Superman, look out. <laughs> Don't worry, boy. I'll get your kite for you. <laughs> then you got Henry Cavill here just whipping his cape over his junk, kind of like a, like a middle schooler trying to get out of math class without anyone seeing his boner. And then you've got a frame here where Lois Lane has clearly had sex with Superman. And she doesn't look like the kind of chick who had sex with a guy who didn't have a boner, if you know what I'm saying. So <laughs> I think the, the science has been done. We can close the case on that one. Um, thanks for the question, Nat. Uh, <laughs> when, uh, great moments in time when girlfriends try to ruin podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Good, good luck. You're going to have to try harder next time. Um, Don't yeah. say that. <laughs> oh, my God. See, now this is a perfect example, people, of why you guys need to jump on our Facebook page and get in amongst it ask us some questions preferably comic or movie related about topics you want to hear us talking about yeah um please even if you have like even if you have personal questions as well yeah like yeah. you know how we got into doing what we do and blah 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 all that mm -hmm. shit yeah yeah i'm happy to answer <clears> those um <laughs> yeah. just just not too personal i mean mine stopped growing after the age of five so okay fair enough let's answer that question yeah there you go see so get see so even getting ahead of it you know hey fucking save it for the podcast <laughs> um yeah so okay, all right so you know we've we've answered the hard-hitting questions i think um <laughs> um oh another thing i want to talk about uh resident evil so ah yes this, this is going to be pretty spoiler heavy so if you haven't played the game and you fucking you know, you don't want it ruined. Remember the days before spoilers where no one gave a shit? You just talk about it. And then they'd well, be like, Well, it's not that no one ever cool. gave a shit. It's just that we didn't have the internet, so. Yeah, but just you know. in general, like, you know, conversationally, it was it was around the time when they started making big event television. And so if, if you went to work and fucking started talking about Dexter or some shit like that, people would be like, hey, hey, haven't watched it yet. It's like, well, fuck you, you should have watched it. You know, that was the response back in the day. You know, it was yeah. pretty, pretty straightforward. Now it's like, Oh, we, we can't we can't spoil it because we might hurt such and such as feelings because they haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, fair enough. Fuck them! They yeah. should have been up watching it. You know that. And <laughs> to be fair, Resident Evil's been out for what a month now. Yeah, yeah. Should, and, and, so. and it's not an overly long game. It's not like we're talking yeah. about fucking Skyrim here. Yeah. You know, I mean, to anyone be fair, that's really want to play it has played it. So to be fair, I haven't finished it yet. But um, 
it's uh i'm happy to talk about where i'm up to and stuff like that so uh essentially what i didn't see coming was the fucking twist when you realize that the character you've been playing for the last seven hours and yeah it's taken me like that long <laughs> poorly Quine's like finished it in four hours i'm like okay cool so i was expecting a four hour game but see i'm taking a lot of time and i'm going around and vr slows things down a little bit i think as well mm. and things like that but i looked at my save game the other day and i'm at seven hours and whatever minutes well um, it took me 17 hours oh really okay yeah. so you know clearly we're not speed runners um mm. um so i mean that and i like to enjoy my first time with a game exactly so. like you want to you want to <laughs> not fucking rush the experience you know yeah. um and 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 i've been trying to savor it because it's like the funnest game i've played in an awfully long time and uh i don't want it to end to be perfectly honest um yeah. i want to get I mean, through it because it's driving that crazy because every time she jumps in the shower i'm whipping on the headset um but it's... that could be taken so out of context <laughs> Corey, out of context um needs a theme song but yeah i mean i mean you only get to play a game for the first time once that's right know? that's right and then you know what the subsequent playthroughs as well like where you you know you, you get bonuses for um you know completing it in a certain amount of time and you know doing yeah. this other shit so you know you can worry about all that shit later just enjoy the game for what it is you know yeah um but okay so what i discovered um just recently in my playthrough is that the character you're playing is fucking he's not the main character he's just some guy who got duped into showing up <laughs> and i was like what the fuck explain okay so when you um uh Oh, first of all, that fucking decision you got to make, right? You end yeah. up, they end up getting the serum, and what is it? What's the name of the chick? There's, uh, there's Mia, and there's the other chick who's Zoe. Zoe's been helping you get through the mansion <laughs> and shit like that. Right? I know who you chose now. Yeah, no, <laughs> so no, Mia and the other one. <laughs> no, no, I chose, I chose Zoe. Oh wow! Because I was like, fuck me, you cut off my arm with a chainsaw. And second of all, I wanted to see where it would go because I felt like you were supposed to choose Mia. Mm. Um. And I thought, nah, it's too easy. I reckon you're probably not supposed to choose Mia. Um, and, you know, because that's a more hardcore decision to make, you know. And then, and you know what? I wasn't even thinking rationally because the second you do it, you take off in the boat with Zoe and he explains why it was the best decision. He's like, you're, look, you know what? We can come back for her, but you're the only one who can get me out of here. So, you know, mm. if we get out, then we can send help. If I, you know, jumped on the boat with Mia, she probably wouldn't know where to go and shit like that. I think that was the concept of it um and uh well i think that decision it's basically either do you still have faith in your wife or do you just feel so betrayed that you can't forgive her yeah yeah and like i i made my decision like i i chose Mia. yeah mainly because i was like I'm, i don't have the whole story i don't know what's happened completely yep she may have reasons why she did what she did. I don't even know what she did. You don't even know what she did at this point. So I'm like, yeah, because like it's a lot of it's leading, like it's trying to show you that she betrayed Ethan mm -hmm. personally. And I'm like, this feels like such a red herring, you know? Like yeah. it's it's being so obvious with it, and I'm just like, oh, I'll, I still had faith in Mia. Like I, mm. that's why I chose her. She so. certainly seems. She appears to be a victim throughout the whole game yeah um she doesn't ever come across as much as she turns evil and stuff like that she doesn't come across as um one of them she always seems mm. like she's out of place there and she needs to be rescued yeah. um 
But at the same time, I don't know. I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm more curious to see where the storyline goes if I choose Zoe. Mm. Um, and because uh, I felt like it would just be a more interesting turn of events. You know, because mm. it's, it's almost like I thought the, there's no way the game expects you to choose Zoe. And so I wanted to see what would happen. You know? Okay. Uh, and I figured, you know, when you think about it logically, you're never that penalized for making this kind of a decision. Like it'll always come to an outcome. And from what I, I read, because I, I was so curious, I read what the other um, ending is. And it does mm. seem like if you choose Zoe, it's slightly more interesting. Um, but only slightly. You end up in the same place with the same outcome. Um, slight, yeah, slightly yeah. different ending, the, like <clears throat> the final scene, um, which could be a powerful choice depending on how invested you are, I guess. Um, but it's, uh, um, I, I don't regret choosing Zoe, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so then you fucking get knocked out. You're on the boat, you get knocked out and you're fucking heading to, um, uh, you know, out of there and you, the boat gets turned over by Evie and, um, you're fucking unconscious, right? Then you start playing as Mia and you, you find out Mia's backstory and it's nothing like what you thought. And realistically, exactly, yeah. that's that's what I mean by when I say, I mean, it's a big call, but when I say, you know, Ethan's not the main character, he's not. He has no fucking clue what's going on. He's just there, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's the patsy, so to speak, who's running around like an idiot, not knowing what's going on. Um, <laughs> and the true story doesn't happen until you find out the story behind Mia and why she's there, you know? Because originally what... I mean, I, I barely remember the start of the game, but essentially the vibe I got was that she took off on a cruise or something. Um, and I don't know what I was alluded to the fact that she cheated on him or something like that. Cause you see the video of her going, look, I, I, oh, you, it's true. I lied to you. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And you find out where yeah. that video comes from a little bit later yeah. on. Um, but I just sort of went, oh, okay. This chick's run off with some other dude or whatever. And now she's calling for help and you go and try and find her, you know? Um, that's the vibe I got. I wasn't really reading too much into it, obviously. Um, <laughs> well, that's that's what I was talking about with the whole decision thing. Like, at that point in the game when you make that decision to save Mia or Zoe, hmm. is it in your head like, oh, fuck you, she cheated on me. Yeah. Like, she lied to me. Like, fuck you, go there, away. There was a little bit of that too. I just wanted to see her punished for whatever it was that she did. You yeah. know, like a little bit, like it's a little narcissistic, but I just thought, you know what, it'd be interesting to see what happens. And maybe, maybe she's going to get what she deserves. I don't know. But at this point, I can't see it being that detrimental to the outcome of the game. So, hmm. um, yeah, so I gave it a run and just thought, you know, we'll, we'll just throw caution to the wind this time. Because usually I'm the kind of guy who can't bring myself to make the controversial decisions in games. <laughs> I, I always go, yeah, I'm going to play through this as an evil motherfucker. But then I get there and I'm like, ah, but I, you know, I feel like this isn't how it was designed to be played. And, you know, I end up overthinking everything and I just end up being very vanilla in all my choices. So this time I thought I'd fucking throw caution to the wind and just give it a run, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh yeah so you know um, i'm not finished yet obviously i'm still wandering around in the boat uh, actually sorry where i got up to the boat just exploded into a fucking dazzling fireball of doom ah uh, that's the end of the videotape yeah that's right yeah so now i'm yeah. back in like evie's like we're gonna be a family and she's like we're not gonna be a family fuck you and i'm like oh man <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's, there's another twist coming that like i thought was pretty good yeah cool. fucking just blew me away yeah, I've got it. Well, not really blue. I was so annoyed. I was like, man, it was in front of me the whole fucking time. Oh, really? I didn't fucking see it. <laughs> they literally tell you at the start of the game. Um, uh. Like, I just didn't see it. Well, yeah. I just forgot, sort of thing. 
but yeah. Yeah, so I'm really anxious to get in and finish it. I really, I'm, I'm just enjoying the shit out of it in VR particularly, but I feel like even if it wasn't VR, I'd still be playing it, you know? Yeah. Because um, I started I'm- out thinking, okay, I've really got to invest some time into this because it's the first true VR, um, uh, you know, like AAA title sort of game. Yeah. And it really needs a, it deserves a solid run to see like what we're looking at, like as yeah. far as quality and stuff goes. Uh, and so far it's been totally worth it. Like, you know, I mean, it's, would I have bought a VR to play this? Um, probably not. Cause I wouldn't have understood like how mm. good it is, you know, but, um, if I had bought a VR and I played this, it would, you know, cause I, I got mine for free. So I'm not as invested in it as somebody who just paid like close to $800 for it. You know, yeah. um, uh, I think I, I would, it would have been justification. I would have been like this. Mm. If they bring on more of this shit, I'm fucking in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I really dig that. So, um, yeah. And and again, it's just a, just another Resident Evil game, but it's a little bit more than that. You know. So I don't know. I'm mm. I'm, I'm stoked with it. I think it was uh, a really good effort, and there needs to be more of this, and in a very timely fashion, because a lot of the people who've bought it now are at that point where they're like, okay, but what else is there? And there's mm. nothing else to buy. So. Um, we're at that tipping point where it could either make or break the system. Um, unless somebody works out a way that you can play Steam VR games or something like that with the headset, um, they, they, they really need to get a move on with content. Otherwise, it's going to become another fucking peripheral that people regretted buying, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. Orig- the original move, you know, like you use the move controllers with the VR. Some dude actually asked me the other day, he came in and said, I want PlayStation 4 games that use the move controllers. And I'm like, well, there aren't any. You got to buy the mm. VR. It's the only way to do it, you know. Um, so you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Going back to choices mm-hmm. in video games, I was talking to Adrian a couple of weeks ago, and he was playing um, The Wolf Among Us. Oh yeah. Which, which I finished Telltale game. Yeah. Um, and he asked me a question like, "Oh, what decision did you make here?" And I couldn't quite remember what it was, and. We just ended up talking about, well, I ended up telling him how I played the game. And because the game is based on the Fables comic books, and I've read them all, like mm-hmm. I've read the whole thing. And as I was playing The Wolf Among Us, usually when you play stuff like, you know, Mass Effect and Fable and shit, you're like, oh, you know, I'm going to be good or I'm going to be bad, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You can pretty much do the same in these and you can make the decisions that you want. Yep. Oddly enough, I, when I played that, I didn't make the decisions I wanted to make. I was like, how would, because the main character, Bigby Wolf, mm-hmm. I was like, how would Bigby react to this? Mm-hmm. And because I knew the character so well, I feel like I got a much more fulfilling experience out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Adrian hadn't read the comic books. He actually didn't know it was based on the Fables comic books. Oh, he, okay. Yeah, I he, think a lot of made, people didn't, hence the sales yeah. for that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, he made his own decisions, blah, blah, blah. Like, he still loved the game and whatnot, but mm. he, he was like, you know, that when I told him the way I played it, he's like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, that's really cool. And, like, I did the same with The Witcher as well. Mm. Like, playing The Witcher, which is even more, there's no good or bad decisions. It's it's <laughs> it's 50 shades of grey, yep. you know? <laughs> um, you know, like, a decision that you could see be good has consequences down the road that just end up being devastating you know? 
But um, yeah, playing The Witcher, I was like, how would Geralt react to this? How would Geralt, what decision would Geralt make? And I feel like I did a fairly good job of that as well. Yeah. Um, it, it does make a more fulfilling experience, in my personal opinion, anyway. Yeah. And then <laughs> Adrian, he's like, he comes up to me a few days later and he's like, I'm going to do what you did. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, yeah, when I get the Batman Telltale games, mm. I'm going to play through that and play it and make the decisions as Batman would. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard any results from Adrian since, but um, I think he talked about like one little moment uh, with Alfred or something. And he's like, you know, how would Batman react to this? And he made his decision and it worked out to be such a beautiful moment because he didn't make the decision that he would make. He made the decision Batman would, and it just made it a little bit better for him. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I, I think know. I think when you're writing the, um, when somebody was would be writing the narrative, mm. they're, they're going to be writing it as a Batman story, you know. So yeah. the, the best possible outcome for the story is always going to be what would Batman choose. Um, yeah. Well, that that's the funny thing though. Like, I think if you're going to write something like that and like write a Batman story like that, every decision has to be what batman would choose yeah that's right i guess that's true yeah but yeah i guess in that sort of case i guess it's what your batman would choose yeah that's true yeah so makes a lot of sense yeah um because you're really sort of you're really the voice of the character in those decision making games you know yeah um so that that's dictated by you know what um your batman would do yeah yeah, uh, that's nice little observation, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Um, hang on, I'm working on this fucking shadow. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, it's tricky as shit. Um, I, may I started have reading um, <laughs> Neil Gaiman's new book, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, what? what um, what's it called? Norse mythology. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Brought it in Which is exactly what it is. Like, basically, Thor I read the introduction you. and I was like, <laughs> as I was reading the introduction, I was getting so excited to read it. The sad thing is I had to put it down and finish another book first before I started reading that one. But um, it, it's basically Neil Gaiman is telling the Norse mythology in his way. Like, he's basically taken the stories from the beginning of when there was nothing you know like then the giants came in and odin blah 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 all the way to the end um so like it literally is norse mythology yeah it it is norse mythology yeah but he 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 wrote it and like he basically with with norse mythology it's it's a collection of different stories of you know asgard and whatnot blah 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 he's kind of put them in a chronological order Mm mm-hmm um, and written them in his style. So, like, the characters are still the characters, the stories are still the stories, and the places are still the places, but he's used his own style of writing to make a make a pretty fun little book, I guess. It's just... Mm. I'm, I'm not too far into it, but... <laughs> man, some of, some of those stories are just fucking funny. Like... <laughs> Like, not what I would I, expect. I think, yeah, like a lot of people, especially now, would 
know Thor and Loki mainly from the Marvel movies, and they're they're pretty, you know, tame and not exactly accurate to what Norse mythology is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One example is Loki is actually Odin's brother, not Thor's. Oh, okay. Uh, so <clears throat> what? That would make him uncle. Yeah, Uncle Loki. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, in one of the stories I read, Loki, <laughs> oh my God, to get, to basically save the gods necks from, cause like they, they made a bet with someone to build a wall around Asgard that, you know, no giants can climb over and no trolls can bash through. Yeah. And they, like, <laughs> or Mexicans. Yeah. <laughs> or Mexicans. Yeah. Um, this guy comes into the, into Asgard and he's like, I heard you need a wall built. I can do it. <laughs> in three months um but i only ask for three things i want the sun i want the moon and i want freya's hand in marriage and freya is thor's wife oh wow and they started t deliberating amongst themselves and loki was like you know we can get this guy to do our work without losing this wager and he's like we'll tell him that he only has a month one season to do it and if he doesn't finish it, then he has to leave Asgard forever. Mm -hmm. And they go out and they wager, put the wager down. And the guy's like, he thinks about it for a second. And he's like, all right, cool, I'll do it. And <clears throat> he starts doing it. And it gets to like the last couple of days of the season. And he's nearly finished the wall. And he will finish it within the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, Loki... <clears throat> Basically, the gods God of mischief that he is. Yeah, yeah. The gods are panicking, going, "Holy shit!" You know, like we have to, we have to do something. Like we, but we can't welch on our bet. You yeah. know, like you know, we're gods. We we have to honor it. <sighs> Not being the most honorable people, anyway. Loki comes up with an idea to. <laughs> he transforms into a horse, a female horse, because mm -hmm. the guy building the wall has a horse as well, and he's been like dragging stones from the mountain to build this wall and the horse like never tires doesn't get tired blah 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 all this bullshit anyway loki turns into a horse and starts playing with the the builder's horse and like distracting it and whatnot and blah 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 <laughs> and they end up fucking off into the woods and you you don't see loki for a year like he's gone <laughs> and when he comes back he comes back with an eight-legged foal oh my god <laughs> yeah i was like jesus christ you fucked the horse buddy like <laughs> goddamn. but yeah it's just shit like that it's just <laughs> fucking amusing but yeah yeah it's a good book i'm really digging it <laughs> yeah which he eventually presents to odin as a gift when it's fully grown because it's like one of the fastest horses and blah 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 that makes sense yeah all those extra legs but yeah then it's like you know just never ask loki where he got the horse from <laughs> but yeah good shit I feel like I'm working on this shadow thing and it's it's looking alright but it doesn't look like Nissa too well it I, doesn't necessarily have to look like Nissa well I I mean I I, I drew it um elongated so because mm. like the, the rest of the shadows in the shot are like really long like afternoon sun yeah, uh, and it just makes it look really tall. So I think I've got to lean it up a little bit so it looks stretched. Um, but yeah, it's, it's getting there. It's getting there. Um, 
Hmm. Starting to look more like something out of Blair Witch, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? We've run out of topics. Don't nobody panic. All right, we'll get through this. <laughs> um, have you been reading uh, Reborn? Uh yes. The last issue I read, the cat died. I oh, think. really? Spoilers, yeah. man! Come on. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've been I've been sort of saving them and just going to read them all in one hit. But um, oh, okay. The the funny thing is, I keep on. Um, it's Capullo, right? Yeah. Um, his stuff. Uh, he keeps on showing up on Instagram, all these pencils and stuff like that. And it's mm. funny, like I, it totally informs what I'm doing here. Like, I look at his pencils and go, "Okay, I can do that." You know. <laughs> Um, don't get me wrong, they're amazing and masterful and shit like that. But when you see it broken down as pencils as opposed to, um, uh, you know, finished art, it definitely mm. makes it much more accessible for you to go, okay, I, 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 that's not outside of the bounds of reality for what I can do. Yeah. You know? and that's that's always kind of cool. Uh, that's why I love looking at artist pencils and things like that because they, they always do, like the things that you sort of leave and go, oh, fuck, you know, somebody better than me probably wouldn't have left it like that. They totally do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or, or, or whatever. Like they just always, there's always little secrets hidden within those um, uh, pages that, that sort of like help you out, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they're human after all. Corey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it's easy to forget that, you know, because like, you see their work finished and you're just like, holy shit. This yeah. is why these guys are the top of their game. But, uh, I won't say it's not like they they make mistakes, um, but they definitely have like a um, they they definitely have a process. It's not hmm. just they're not just the sum of their physical work, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, their finished work, I should say, which is uh, it's kind of heartening, you know. Um, same with uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Jim Pena. Jesus Christ, that picture I put up the other day of. Um, the guy from uh, Seven to Eternity. Yeah. Um, that I showed you. I gotta fucking find it. Hang on. Where is it? It's just a solid piece of work, and I think it's more. It's not even. I think from the book. It's just something he drew. Um. It's gonna be in my messages to you. Um. Let me see if that focuses. <laughs> No. Um, but it's just like the ink work is just genius. Like, yeah, I know people can see the texture there, but um, the cross hatching and stuff like that in the face is just, it's just really bold. You know what I mean? There's no hesitation there. It's just solid work. Um, obviously done quickly, um, but with confidence. You know, like you could sit there and you could agonize over where to put each stroke if you wanted to or you could just work like a professional and just jam it out really quickly mm. and uh and that's where you get this cool result because it looks it's got flair you know what i mean and it's it's definitely accurate shadow wise you know like it's it's not he didn't i, I can't like he probably looks at this and goes oh, i wish i hadn't been so heavy-handed there or whatever but to me i look at this and i don't see any mistakes you know yeah and I don't see where he's he became overconfident and just overdid it or fucked it up. Um, and these weird eel things, like the perspective on them, like it's it's actually a bit of a masterclass in 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 perspective here because it's tough drawing curved lines um, 
in such harsh perspective like that. You know, like when I say curved lines, I mean they're, they're sort of tapered eel-shaped creatures. Um, and to get them to look like they flow, so from right in the foreground to sort of the middle ground, is is tough to make it look natural. You know, it's one of those things. It's a throwaway thing. You probably look at and go, oh, "You just drew some eels." Not that simple. You know, mm. um, and they're just there's a beautiful amount of just enough detail in the inks there. You don't need any more than that with them. They're just really sort of they're basically just outlines. You know. Yeah. Um, because if he if he did them all as complicated as he drew the the main figure, it would be too messy and too too much going on, you know. Like if you were to hit this with colors, um, you know, you could literally just block color those in and it'd be enough detail. Maybe put a highlight or two in there, um, where and then you could spend all of your work on getting the guy's face to look like it pops out because because theoretically the main character's in the background, you know. Um, mm. So it's kind of a real interesting piece. Um. Yeah, but it's definitely like if you if you're doing art, if you're um, if you're an artist, and and this goes for for obviously authors and stuff, pretty much any creative pursuit. Um, never be afraid of other people's work who are better than you, or at least who you, who you perceive to be better than you, because it's it's a trap that you fall into. This is why, like, I, I add all of the um, my favorite artists on Instagram or Twitter and stuff like that, because you're constantly seeing all their work, you see a lot of their process, um, which you would never see just by buying the comic books, um, like I was talking about before. And um, it's you have to become the kind of person who looks at it as looks at it as inspiration, um, not discouragement. Like you, you can be easily discouraged by looking at someone else's work and going, "Fuck, I could never do that." Mm. Um, guaranteed, all of those guys grew up with somebody that they looked at that went, "Fuck, I could never do that." You know, um, it's just. You can practice all you want. Maybe maybe you're as good as you'll ever be, but it doesn't mean that your work's not valid because it's not as good as Jim O'Penia or Sean Murphy or even Scotty Young, you know, depending on what style you do. Everybody's got yeah. a hero. Um, and they, yeah. they all have really good facets of their style and things like that. But um, and, and the other thing is too, like if you're not a professional comic artist who's not putting out, you know, 30 to 60 pages a month... Um, there's there's a reason that they're that good. It's because all they do nine to five is practice, you mm. know. So that's the other thing you got to got to put in the work, you know. Yeah, but I th- I, th- I think I've been pretty lucky in that regard. Like I've never, like I've I've read a lot of books in my life, I've read multiple authors and whatnot. Blah blah blah. I've never read something and God, I could never write like that. Mm-hmm. Like and any time I read something that like really resonates with me, I'm just like I want to be that good. Yeah, like, yeah, that's uh, the way I like, always thought too. I looked yeah. at it, I try and break it down and figure out how they do it. Not, yeah. Why yeah. can't I do it, you know? Yeah, like um, I, I, I aspire to be on that level. Yeah, like, exactly, yeah. And there's no reason why you can't. It's just mm. it's just uh, confidence and practice. That's all it is, you know? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, we'll leave you on that note. It's been an hour. So our, uh, we, we've done our part. <laughs> um, all right. So if you're watching the stream, but you want to listen to us on your uh, commute, um, search iTunes for Pretty Sketchy Podcast. If you're an audio listener, but you want to see what I'm actually doing, um, search for us on YouTube, uh, Pretty Sketchy Podcast. Um, I'm probably going to look into making, because at the moment, all of the YouTube videos, uh, all the Pretty Sketchy Podcast videos are just on my channel. I'm thinking about making a Pretty Sketchy Podcast um, YouTube channel and, and migrating all the videos over because it just makes more sense. People are going to find it there. Mm. Um, so look out for that. 
I'm not sure if or when that's going to happen, but um, yeah, so I might have to update all my links and stuff like that. So um, yeah, the podcast was brought to you by uh, Corey Wire Art because we don't have an actual sponsor. <laughs> hint, hint, everyone. Um, Tom. Tom from the Tom, we're coming to talk to you. All right. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. So um, we'll catch you guys next time. All right. See ya. See ya.